been a star of their season tonight. He showed the world what he could do. My God, a question. An extra gear for the freshman. Touchdown. And the freshman is off. Foot race. <laughs> They're looking at shoe bottoms and nothing else. Into the end zone. Touchdown. The freshman just ran it back to Philadelphia. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Future Freshman Podcast. Welcome to episode 29. Today we got a fun one. I bring on my buddy here, Justice. Uh, Justice, tell them where they can find you. I think it's an X now. It's not Twitter, but where they can find you, <laughs> what you do at Campus to Canton, and uh, what brings you to the Future Freshman Podcast today, buddy. So you can find me on Twitter, X, whatever they're going by today, at, uh, at Justice underscore 2318. Uh, you can find my work at Campus to Canton. Um, I write articles from time to time. I've also built some uh, IDP tools as well. Uh, probably the most recent one is a IDP uh, tackle production model. And uh, I'm also on podcast, Devi IDP Grind, um, where we strictly talk college IDP. Um, occasionally, I'm on Chasing the Natty with Jared or hosting it for Jared when he is gone. Um, yeah, that's about it, man. Yeah, man. So a lot of people, and we'll get into it while we're here, and we'll go through some homework real quick and stuff like that. But the reason is there's a spotlight in college fantasy football. So we know of redraft. Now we know of dynasty, but there's even a niche of a niche, and that is IDP, which is individual defensive players, which is the definition of that as well. For those that are here, usually for the skill positions, I wanted to highlight a little bit more as far as the defensive side of the ball, because there is a niche where you guys were playing, you know, dynasty level for college fantasy with idp players um and we'll get into like some of the scoring and how you have to like personally go in yourself and kind of look at that stuff so we'll talk about that stuff but i wanted to bring it to people's attention because a lot of people are like let's not play defense i am the one that will raise my hand i'm the first guy to be like hey i don't want defense in my league i want another flex player or give me a super flex so let me start two quarterbacks whatever the case may be i'm definitely the super flex guy i'm a fiend for points man but there's points to be had on the defensive side of the ball. And I think it's better if we highlight at least some of these freshmen as, as far as um, defensive players are concerned, just to see like, hey, they can put up points too. And you can format your league to where maybe if you don't want like four or five flexes, maybe you can throw an IDP spot in there or you can kind of tweak it and you're a guy to talk to because you uh, dig into fan tracks pretty, uh, pretty specifically to try to help with yeah. that type of model and things like that. So we'll talk about that. Um, but this is, of course, we're going to go ahead and bring it up. 2023 IDP edition. So we're going to change it up. I did all the Power 5 conferences. It might be Power 4 next year. We won't get into all that right now because <laughs> we'll be here for four hours. Um, yeah. But basically, uh, you know, Big Fish Small Pond is all the guys in G5. G5 might look a little different next year as well. So we'll see how that goes. But um, we're going to talk about some of the main guys here as far as freshmen coming in from the 2023 class and see why they could be such a, a hit for one, their team, and two, why they might be specific to pick up if you are going to play in an IDP league and why you should select them as far as that and as well. And I'm just going to be the newbie that's going to ask you a ton of questions and ask you, you know, why is this position? Why is this team pretty good? I get the gist. There's some universities that just stand out as defensive juggernauts, but there might be yep. uh, some teams that I'm not familiar with that you might be more and why they stand out and stuff like that. So we're going to do that as well. But first, Justice, let's do our little housekeeping. Of course, you can find everything that both of us do actually at campusdecan.com. There's articles, tools, and guides. 
course, CFF guide just released not too long ago, $20. So go pick that up. I know a lot of people are starting to redraft leagues here pretty soon. So that's going to be pretty important. Make sure you read up and be prepared. Get your queue set up. Make sure you have them, you know, list long so you won't be uh, in the in the dark and make sure that you're drafting well. So go check out that guide. Um, we just added uh, our boy CFB winning edge, Mr. Nicholas Ian Allen Justice. We got him over there at C2C winning edge as a new yeah. tier. Definitely think you should pick that up. Um, he does offense and he does defense, which I'm sure is helpful for Justice as well. So now Justice doesn't have to do it all on his own. He can actually look at some some depth charts and things like that too. So that's very helpful. Um, but that helps you. He also is doing projections, whether it's one point or half point PPR. So it depends on what format that you play. So definitely go check that out. That's the one I'd recommend or the NIL membership where you can get all the guides and you can get access to the Discord where you can get into the NIL tier and stuff like that. So please go check all that out as well. Justice, I know you like this one, the home field apparel. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, off. they don't have ODU yet. but I know. Yeah. I was going to ask you. I was like, when are they going to throw small Dominion? I want some Monarchs gear. Norfolk needs to be represented, man. I, uh, they have some I, cool retro logos, too. That would be awesome. But, exactly. Yeah. I mean, if they can find the old Ramseys, one from like, I don't know, the 1960s here at Carolina, they for sure can find everything the ODU has for yeah. sure. So let's. this is just a cry to home field. Hey, man, don't forget about the G5. Don't forget about ODU. 15% off for everybody else, though, that does have their shirts available. And it's the promo code campus, the number two in Canton. So definitely go check that out as well. And of course, we got all the prize picks going on as well. There's props that are being dropped daily. I think if you're in the NIL Discord, of course, um, you have the NIL building with Chris Moxley. Moxley's dropping all those props that are available that you can get a hold of now that he thinks is a atrocious that uh, they, may, they messed up on that you can take advantage of and win you some money. Promo code is C2C. You don't have to spell it out. It's just C2C. They get you a matching deposit up to $100. So definitely go check that out. But now, Justice, we can finally talk about some IDP. So I want to start by just saying, you know, we covered IDP means individual defensive players. I know my audience might be more intact on the offensive side, but for those that are coming on, um, tell them about the podcast. Um, maybe tell them how you got into defensive stuff to begin with and why do you think um, this needs to be kind of brought to light? I know it's a little bit more popular in the NFL, but a lot of people yeah. don't realize it's available in CFF. So why don't you talk about that, that type of topic before we get started? So I got involved in IDP on an NFL perspective, just from like playing um, probably, I don't know, 15-ish years ago, maybe somewhere between 15 and 20 years ago. Um, and, and over that course, that time, like um, I dabbled in some college leagues. Um, the problem always was just like lack of information for college. Um, and so we, and we were manually scoring it. Um, and, and usually those leagues lasted like one season and it's just because like people just got frustrated with the amount of work you'd have to do to be successful. Um, and so, like I said, I probably did like three leagues on and off over the course of five or six years. Um, but then I really got into college IDP probably about three, a little over three years ago. Um, I joined some campus to Canton leagues that had IDP in them. I, I did play, I'll take that back. I did play in a, um, a college fantasy dynasty league that had like, you started three IDPs. Um, and that went on for quite a while. Um, so I had, you know, I had a little bit of exposure, but when I, when I fully jumped in was probably about three years ago. Um, I joined some campus to Canton leagues that had IDP. Um, I was really into the IDP. I loved it. Um, what I liked most about what I what I like most about it are the same things I like about college fantasy. 
we were talking beforehand, like how an NFL, you know, you can go to Walmart and buy a magazine or as I experienced last year, a guy literally auto-drafted, didn't even do anything. Then, you know, ESPN picked his team for him and he won the league. Well, that's like that, that can't happen in college fantasy. No, that's travesty um, if that happens. It just, it just, the, you know, it just doesn't. And, um, and it's definitely not happening in a IDP league. Because, um, you know, there is some information out there for college fantasy, but, you know, the the work you put into college fantasy or even IDP, you're going to, the more you put in, the more you're going to reap those benefits. Um, And so I I like, I I like that aspect of it, you know, being able to uncover this guy that no one knows about, right? Anyone can look up and see who the five-star number one linebacker is or five-star number one defensive end, for example. Um, but I like finding those guys that are kind of like hidden people don't know about. Um, you know, it just it's a very rewarding feeling, right? When the when the guy pops off and gets 15 tackles in game one. <laughs> so, um, some of the challenges, I guess, with IDP is like it's fan tracks. To be honest with you, um, it's great for roster management, but they don't they don't score. Um, all the statistics. For example, last season they stopped scoring tackles. Um, and so not scoring tackles for players like akin to not scoring, you know, receptions for a wide receiver or, you know, rushing yards for a running back. And so you end up having to do that on your own. Um, or you can just use what Fantrax does, um, which I personally don't care for. Um, so, a lot of the leagues I'm in, I end up scoring the IDP um, just to kind of, you know, add value to that side of the ball and not make it strictly Debbie. All right, man. So how does one go about scoring when there is no option? So we know Justice and ESPN, you know, you can do NFL. They finally have like an IDP scoring setting. Do you take the same scoring format or do you adjust because of the college level? How do you uh, – go about scoring basically, or go about, you know, determining who gets what fantasy points as far as position and defense. How does that go about? So, I mean, it's a wide variety. You can like people say there is a, I mean, I don't think there's a quote, a quote standard. I guess if I had to pick one and be IDP one, two, three, um, uh, that's probably the most commonly used. Can you explain that a little bit more on? Um, so it's it's basically two points for tackles, one points for solos, and then like uh, I believe it's three points for sacks, three points for interceptions. Okay, um, that's kind of like a good base, I guess, to get started. Yeah. Um, you can also do things like Fantrax gives you, at least on the NFL side, even Fantrax gives you the ability to do uh, position specific scoring. Okay. Um, you could do the same for the college side, but they don't score tackles. So, um, uh, so for instance, like if you wanted to play in a league, like most leagues are like fairly generic. They're like defensive line, linebackers, defensive backs. Um, but say, you know, you want to play in a league where you got to start a D tackle, where you got to start a cornerback. Well, naturally, you know, the scoring opportunities for those players are much more limited. And so you might do, you know, specific scoring for them where tackles are worth more as a defensive tackle or, you know, interceptions are worth more if you're a cornerback or pass defenses to try to, to try to equalize the scoring, so to speak, among the different defensive positions. Um, and Fantrax offers you that ability, uh, both college and NFL. 
Um, you know, for NFL, like most people want to play MFL or sleeper for MFL IDP. Right. Um, MFL is not free, right? That's I think 80 bucks if you do the early bird. Right. Sleeper, sleeper, on the other hand, is free, but the customization of the IDP is very limited. Like you're not mm. start you're not starting defensive tackles um, specifically. Like you can start them as a defensive lineman. Right. Um, you're, you're not starting cornerbacks specifically as a cornerback. You start them as a defensive back, and they don't offer uh, position specific scoring. But Fantrax does offer that on the NFL side, and it's also free. So I, right. I always, you know, I know people kind of gravitate to those two options, sleeper or MFL, two most popular. But if you're in an IDP league um, and you're looking for more customization like MFL offers, but right. you don't want to you don't want to pay for it. Fantrax is Fantrax to me is, is a great option for that. And and unlike college, like their NFL scoring is reliable. Um, they do score tackles, you know, just like any other, uh, you know, fancy platform would for the NFL. I gotcha. So now that the, that kind of happens, do you, um, do you find that it misses any type of scoring or anything like that? Or does it do the most basic ones you're looking for, for the score fan tracks for college? So, um, right, yeah. they don't score tackles at all. Um, they, because they say that they're, stat provider can't reliably provide them, um, which I don't, I wouldn't argue with them about that point based on their other, yeah. based on the other things that they do offer. Um, I do find their other stats are like fairly unreliable. Um, they're not mm-hmm. always, they're, they're not always necessarily accurate and they're always not for IDP specifically, right? not for the, not for other things. Um, and they're not always there. Like for instance, um, a lot of you like your G five schools, like mm-hmm. yeah, it's got to be hard. They're right? just not so reliable. But even like even a Power Five program, even SEC program like Vanderbilt, right? Like mm-hmm. it's not that they're not that great. Whereas Alabama and Georgia, you know, they they are sure. pretty they're pretty spot on. Yeah, but you know, some of the the lo- lesser lower lesser known schools and lower conferences, they're not they're not as great. Um, so I feel like most leagues. If they're trying to do college IDP, they kind of they kind of gravitate to one of two options. Option mm-hmm. one, and would be my preference, is hey, you score it manually. Um, right. Stats are available. ESPN has them. Um, I was going to ask the, you, do you just box score and do like next day stuff? Basically, on Sunday when yeah, NFL's going so, on, you're doing box score stuff. Basically. Yeah. So I, I, I pull them from ESPN. They're they're generally there 24 to 48 hours after the game. The defensive stats are. That's where I get them from. Um, but, you know, CFB Stats has them. Sports Reference has them. Um, there's a host of places that have them. Again, like I said, you, you, you usually got to wait that 24 to 48 hours, but they right. have them. And then depending on how comfortable you are with um, technology, um, mm-hmm. instead of like manually doing it pen and paper, uh, you know, you can also write scripts to, to, to you know, that there are places that have API data. Where you can okay. pull the APIs um, and bring that data in, and then you know work with it in, within Power BI or R or you know okay. whatever you're comfortable doing, even Microsoft Excel, right? Right. I was um, just saying, Excel is probably a winner as far as just plugging stuff in with a formula type situation. And it all just kind of comes down to what you're comfortable doing. Right. Um, I I wrote a program last year that uh, I use FME um, and Power BI together kind of help score my leagues um and it's still 
I'd say it still probably takes me total maybe two hours per league. But that's, you know, half the time it took when I was sitting there looking it up, you know, hand in paper. For every 100-something schools, right? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, so, yeah. I mean, there are, there are options. Now, the other option that people kind of gravitate to is either, hey, just let fan tracks do it. Or they don't even score, or they just kind of treat the eye. Which, in my opinion, if you're letting fan tracks do it, you're doing this anyway. But you're basically right. treating the IDP side, at least in a campus Canton league, as mm. Devi, because mm. you know they're they're, they just don't right. they don't score enough with fan tracks current capabilities to make much of a difference. And um, you're wasting spots, basically the flex or whatever that you have. Right. Yeah. So you may, maybe if the league requires you to start, you have to do it, whatever. But I, mm-hmm. you know, in those kind of situations, I would just treat it as Debbie. And then there are certain, there are leagues that do treat it literally as Debbie, where you might have defensive players on your roster, but you don't start any of them, right? They're just kind of sitting there. Um, and it's just tr- it's treated strictly like Debbie. Yeah. So that kind of brings me to my next point. Now that we kind of cover where you can play the scoring and things like that, what's your typical setup? Like what's a, let's want a, a, like a sweet spot for you as far as like how many IDP players you have versus skill positions. Like what is your go-to? What do you, what have you found playing so many years that you're like, all right, this is a nice sweet spot as far as players well, in IDP. Like what, what I like and what I think the masses are like, is probably two different things. I'm, I'm well, fairly, <laughs> I'm, fair, I'm fairly degenerate. Okay. Um, I, I think I think I think a good sweet spot for like just starting out is nine, nine yeah. start nine IDP. So three defensive linemen, three linebackers, three defensive backs, somewhere around there. And if you want to add like two flex, sure to get to eleven. That nine to eleven range, I feel like is you know it, it gives you exposure. To me, when you go less than that, like you know, like I said that college league I was in that you know we only started three. Um, we. It's not much of a challenge because at that point you're just streaming guys week to week. Like you don't, it don't really matter. You're right. not rostering enough people for it to make make a difference. Like you know, and there's there's studs on the waiver wire every week if you only start with three guys. So, um, I mean, it gives you exposure to it, sure, but you're never mm-hmm. going to really learn anything because you're constantly just going to you know churn through waivers because mm-hmm. there's always studs available. Um, so I think that nine to eleven marks kind of the, the sweet spot. Um, what do I like personally? I'm probably closer to like thirteen to fifteen IDP starters. Okay. Um, and, and making it position specific, where you have to start defensive tackles and you have to start cornerbacks. Um, I mean, I'm in a and I'm in an NFL league that is defensive only, and this is how degenerate. If that that was the case, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's a it's a dynasty league. It's defense only. I think we start either eighteen or twenty players. It's position specific: defensive mm-hmm. tackle, cornerbacks, whatever. We have seventy man rosters of Holy defense cow. only, plus twenty <laughs> plus, plus, wow. plus twenty taxi spots. We do our draft in March before the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's it's super degenerate. Um, and like that's the kind of stuff I love, right? That just that's me personally. That's 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 definitely not a league for people that are like you know beginners or just getting into IDP. But so, do those nine players that you usually do? Do you add that with your skill positions, or do you have like a college 
defense only league as well, or do you kind of? No, say- it's all against together. Okay, so, it's in so you know, typically, like I feel like in you know offense, what are you typically probably uh, nine to eleven somewhere? It's usually nine to eleven starters. So I guess you're adding. What, so I, mean, I, I would, I would, I would try to do the same thing. You know, whatever, however many offensive starters, I'd have yeah. um, defensive starters, and depending on your scoring system, you, mm-hmm. you ideally you want to make defensive players stand out at least just as valuable right um, so do you uh, decrease like touchdowns for quarterbacks like well, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think you necessarily decrease your offense you just increase maybe maybe instead of two points for uh, for t- uh, solo tackle you give them three or four right so, so i think you, like you increase their points to kind of okay. bring them up to what you that's true yeah i guess you don't have to deflate the offense to kind of make the defensive stops and stuff like that that makes it super intriguing, especially for guys that we're going to talk about, which is a good transition because I guess we can start talking about these guys too. But you wanted to bring on four of one of your favorites, one guy that you're down on, and that, I'm interested to hear that. And also we got a big fish, small pond for somebody, which is good because it's right in my neck of the woods, so it'll be pretty cool, man. But uh, I think I think we could kind of move into this, so let's go ahead and get this started real quick. So let's start off with Peter Woods here. On three consensus, 97.65, five-star athlete committed to Clemson. Now, I didn't do any write-ups on these guys, so I need you to tell me, Justice, what do you like about Peter Woods as a freshman? Clearly, Clemson defense is fantastic in the ACC, one of the only defenses ACC that plays defense. Um, I know personally. Um, So basically, what do you like about Peter Woods, and why do you think he stands out in IDP as a freshman here coming into the Dynasty Leagues? So um, I don't don't watch a ton of freshmen. Um, Just from the standpoint, like, so in my C2C leagues, like they're going to go for either high dollar value in the auction or they're going to go early in, early in a draft, and I'm not going to mm-hmm. spend that kind of draft capital on them. I got you. Um, you know, because of my knowledge base, I'm able to wait longer. Right. And so I don't spend a ton of time watching, you know, freshmen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have I, – I do watch some, right? Right. And I will say, like, Peter Woods looked like the most – college ready defensive lineman i've seen like in recent history like the last say two years um he he's a football player man he 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 will at the very least be a part of the rotation his freshman year if he doesn't start um now he's a defensive tackle and if clemson is loaded somewhere along that defensive line it's defensive tackle um I think where they're a little bit weak is at the defensive end position. So maybe they let him play some end, right? Um, which they would do that with uh, Brian Breezy, for instance, from time to time. Right, they, seem yeah. to, they seem to like that versatility. Um, there's no question in my mind that Peter Woods, from especially from a next level perspective, he's a defensive tackle. Um, right. You know, he's he's 300 pounds. He's six six two, 300 pounds. Uh, he's a big kid. He's not he's not playing defensive end at the next level. Mm-hmm. But you know, in college, you do see kids you know, move along that line. And I think, so it wouldn't shock me that they put, you know, to try to get Woods on the field that he plays some defensive end this year, right? Because they're, they're kind of loaded at defensive tackle. Um, So what would you say is the main differences? uh, And this is just me asking, but the questions as far as DT or defensive tackle versus defensive end and scoring, like I'm assuming the DN because getting the access, you know, to the quarterback a little faster, maybe they're more coveted or is defensive tackle just as coveted in in IDP? What's your thoughts there? So if you're in a generic defensive lineman league, like my general rule of thumb is I'm always going to 
go after those defensive defensive ends and edges. Right. They just, they just have more opportunity, man. Right. They get to um, the quarterback. Yeah. They get to the quarterback. There's more tackle opportunity. You know, that defensive tackle is like in the middle of the offensive line. There's so right. many linemen in his way. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, the guy on the edge, you know, he has one, one guy, sometimes yeah. maybe two guys to deal with, but you know, th- there's more freedom for him. So he mm-hmm. has way more opportunity. Um, you know, so that's why, you know, if you're in a D tackle required league, maybe you'd have position specific scoring where, you know, those defensive tackles, their stats might be worth more points than of like a defensive end, right. To try mm-hmm. to try to make them equal in value. But um, there's obviously exceptions to every rule. Like right. from, an, from an NFL perspective, Aaron Donald, right. Aaron yeah, Donald's one of the top defensive linemen in the NFL, but he's right. a D tackle, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christian Wilkins is another one that comes to mind. Like those two guys are going to be owned in a generic defensive lineman league because they produce. Right. But but generally speaking, um, in a generic defensive line league, you're you're gonna you're gonna gravitate towards edges or defensive ends just because they have more opportunity and more opportunity equals more points, right? Yep. So does the factor of going to Clemson, I'm sure that factors in, right? Because they're one of the top or top defenses in the country. Uh, five stars, sounds like he's in rotation. So it sounds like all these factors are kind of playing into like he's got opportunity to get fantasy points fairly quickly, which is what we look for on the other side of the ball, whether it's a wide receiver, a tight end, running back, whoever's playing. We're looking for volume basically or someone that can get yep. there. Do you, feel, do you feel like Peter Woods here in year one? Is, uh, I wish you uh, – maybe you can make a defensive model of like a year one zero, but for like defense, <laughs> that'd be kind of cool. I'd be into that. Um, but what so – I'm, you know, I'm learning R. I'm learning R. To try and, and try to do some things like that, but I'm not yeah, there yeah. yet. <laughs> no, but uh, you know, in time without you having to go through ESPN like later on. But it sounds like he would be. Uh, he's, he's not going to be a non-factor, is what it sounds like. Sounds like he's definitely yeah. going to be producing points quickly. So yeah, I mean, like obviously, if you're drafting Peter Woods, you're in a C to C league or even a right. college damn dynasty league. Right. Um, you know, and generally speaking, for IDP, you shouldn't be drafting freshmen if you're in a redraft league. Yeah, um, I was gonna say this is more <laughs> dynasty specific, or if you're C two C, this is kind of what this episode's for. Plus, you know, future freshmen is all about the dynasty aspect. So this is a very much a niche of even more of a niche. So it's definitely uh, dialed down. But I wanted to give these guys some love, man, because I mean they're they're incredible athletes, and a lot of times defensive freshmen in, in particular sometimes don't get any love at all. They all focus on the upperclassmen and stuff. Well, so and, 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 and I feel like like defensive linemen, I feel like it's probably even harder for a freshman to get on the field. Right. Right. Um, just because of their body makeup and, and, you know, they, you know, they need to add some weight, need to add some muscle to be able to stand up. But Peter Woods, I think he, he is the exception to that. I think he, you know, if, if Tyler Davis and like Rook or Rook or her, <laughs> hopefully I said that right. But, if, if they weren't at if they weren't you know the two starting tackles for Clemson, Peter Woods would be a starting tackle. There you go. So definitely remember the name Peter Woods. I think uh just as in as they as long as he's uh if he's in the rotation, he might be an asset for you there. Absolutely. And CFF Dynasty for IDP. So let's move to a guy with a familiar last name. This is Caleb Downs, who, of course, on three consensus 99.06. He was a five-star plus, which in on three, that means every single one of the uh, providers as far as the uh, recruiting all had him five-star. So that makes him an equally like higher-end version. 
Originally, we thought he was going to wind up in Georgia. A lot of rumor that uh, Georgia had Caleb in the bag. They were trying to recruit good old Josh Downs. I had Jared in my DMs scaring me that Josh was leaving Carolina, all this crazy stuff. But all I could be like, maybe Caleb will come to North Carolina. No, no, no. He chose the roll tide. He chose Alabama. Um, I believe he's playing. Is it safety, correct? That he's, he's playing like, He's, he's playing safety, and I expect him to be a day one starter. So tell me about safety as far as IDP and how that differs from D-line. Uh, do you find safeties to be pretty valuable, or are you more of like cornerback tends to be more valuable? What, what do you like as far as the, the back end of the defense there? So if you're in a, in a league that um, starts defensive backs, like generic defensive backs, your safeties, again, are they're going to be the ones that uh, you, you'd want to target because they just more, more opportunity, more target. More, more, they're kind of like a field general, right, where they're kind of, like a point guard in basketball, maybe. Um, whereas a cornerback's kind of he's 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 got his receiver and he's stuck with his receiver. If that guy doesn't get the ball, he's not really getting an opportunity for a tackle. Whereas you know safeties, particularly strong safeties, or in the box safeties, are are the guys you want to target because they're getting tackle lots of tackle opportunities. So, I'm I'm assuming Caleb Downs is I guess he's considered just like his brother almost. Not, I'm saying generational, but like higher end talent, basically, where like he's coming in Alabama, he's planning on starting. I'm assuming there's an NIL deal probably in place here as well. I mean, if you're a freshman and you're starting in Alabama, you're pretty daggone good, right? <laughs> right. You have to be because it's one is Saban. I know Saban's more hand. I mean, he's hands on more than he lets on. But at the same time, like Saban has a very high priority and demand. He usually doesn't let freshmen touch the ball a lot unless they or get near it, basically, if he doesn't think that you're now, capable of doing it, right? He, you know, he 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 is it is to his benefit. They just lost three safeties to the NFL. True, so that yeah. that helped Downs a lot, right? It is, um, but it's a factory, right? Like this is an NFL projection, correct? Like C two C, he's got to be what the top top IDP guy you would take. He, he you is think? from a yes, mm-hmm. and the I would say other than um, Travis Hunter, who's not a right. freshman, but he's no. new. But he's new he's because. Mental. He's, yep. You know, he's, he's transferring up to the FBS in Colorado. Right. Um, Travis Hunter's like number one. After mm-hmm. Travis Hunter, Caleb Downs is definitely next. Um, and from a true freshman perspective, obviously, he is number one. Um, like I said, I, I expect him to start from day one. You know, I, what, I, what I'm interested to see is if they put him back there, either kick returns or punt returns. I was going to so, ask you because he's got, um, you know, he's got some – some experience on both sides of the ball, if I'm not mistaken. So I know he's very talented, almost a Trevor Hunter esque. That makes sense. So you he think was he's introduced that way too. It was it was really hard for me to evaluate him when I watched film because he played both ways. Um, he played receiver on offense and you know defensive back and defense. And when I watched the, the games, I watched it was very clear he takes plays off at least on the defensive end, right? And mm-hmm. so it's kind of it's so it was very hard. It's understandable. Like I'm not knocking them, right? right the dude's right. the dude's playing two ways. So right. I definitely understand why, but it also but it makes it hard to like tr- I feel like truly evaluate him when he can give now, you know, him playing defense, he can give a hundred percent effort. Um mm-hmm. the thing the things that like the thing the one thing that impressed me the most about him is like when he gets the ball, he's electric. Um and so that's why I'm wondering if they're not going to put him back there for punt returns or kick returns. Um, yeah. He, he's, he's got great ball skills. Um, I didn't think he played super physical. Um, and when he tackles, like, he doesn't like his, his, his tackling form is not great. It's not like he tries to hit you. And mm-hmm. 
instead of like wrapping you up, so to speak. Um, and I'm sure Saban's going to correct that, right? Now, True. part of that too could be the fact that he was tired. He's playing both ways. Um, right. So, you know, I can't, all I can tell you is what I saw on film. Would you find that um, Caleb's kind of like his brother? He's kind of a, a finesser, even in the defensive aspect, yes, more of yeah. a, uh, a hard-nosed type guy. You think he's more like a flash. You know, I'm saying Josh Downs was super flashy, but he was impressive as far as how his yep. routes. He was very technical and very – he was flashy at times, I'll be honest. But I feel like I'm assuming like brother, like brother, basically. Yep, just on yep, the yep. Yes, I would agree. I, I like – I would think, you know, based on what I've seen, I would say Caleb is more of a finesse player and not like mm-hmm. super physical type player. Um, but those guys can be successful, right? Like right. Um, Kevin Byard, I think of at Tennessee um, for the Tennessee Titans. He's he, in my mm-hmm. opinion, he kind of plays that way. Um, so yeah, I mean, again, he's 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 like you've you've mentioned several times. He's he's got that football bloodline, right? He's got his brother Josh Downs. Their dad Gary was running back at NC State. His right. uncle, Uncle Dre Bly, was a cornerback uh, for Carolina and then Detroit Lions. You know, right. his 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 nephew or his dad's nephew, his cousin, I guess, is a wide receiver at Old Dominion. Right. So that that family has the football's in their blood, right? And so, mm-hmm. um, I, I definitely think you're going to see Caleb playing in the NFL one day. Um, and and the fact that he's a freshman and and playing in Alabama, people like immediately go after him. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I'm not sure what his role is going to be. Is he going to be, a, you know, more of a, a back, you know, center fielder kind of free safety, uh, or is he going to be a strong safety? I tend to think he's going to be more towards the back. Um, and, you know, me personally, for IDP purposes, I'm looking more for the strong safety, the guy, you know, potentially playing up in the box, getting those more tackle opportunities. I'm assuming he could probably. I mean, we're looking at what three years easily of, uh, of yeah. dynasty, right? If we're talking IDP, and I'm, he's probably got a guy that if he plays hard, man, he could get that 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 captain's uh thing right on there on the other side of the jersey too. So, I, you know, that's kind of where I'm. I think that's I think that's how you're leaning too. Though he's a finesser, he's still so talented, and yes. especially if he's just going to focus on the defensive side of the ball. It's kind of hard to deny what he's capable of, basically. Yep. So, and Alabama, like we said, is a factory for NFL. So, if it is a campus to can and a true like, right? They just put three safeties in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, so. there you go. So, I mean, literally, they're just churning them out. So, if you're guaranteed for production, they just got to land in a good NFL team or a team that just desperately needs some defensive help, where they're just going to play like every play, basically, as a yeah. even as a rookie. So, definitely look into Caleb Downs, and hopefully, if you're an IDP and you get first rounds, take him. I mean, he's 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 been going in in the leagues I'm in. I want to say like third round in drafts, and that's somewhere together, right? Yeah, with uh, yeah, with, it's uh, all, and those are supplementals, right? Those are those right, are, yeah, you know, door and, and freshmen, Travis, all those right? Guys. Freshmen plus you know guys that aren't already on rosters. Yeah, I got you, man. That's pretty impressive. So let's talk about another impressive guy, Mr. Keon Keeley. On three consensus, eighty six point one five. He is also a five star plus. Heading to Alabama as well. Sounds like a uh, familiar territory heading to Alabama. What was it about Keeley that you enjoyed? And uh, what position is he going to play? Do you remember? He's going to be a defensive end or edge at Alabama. Okay. Um, the the dude, impressive. I mean, his, his, his power and speed, like he, he's got it. Um, now, unlike Downs, I don't, he's not going to start. Um, I was going to ask you about Alabama's defensive line. I'm assuming a lot of those are returners this year, correct? Yeah, I mean they lost Will Anderson, right? But Dallas right. Turner comes back. Um, I mean, I, I think he'll get some run for sure. Um, 
I wouldn't look for a whole lot of, you know, production from him from year one. But, mm-hmm. you know, Dallas Turner is probably a first-round draft pick next year, and he's someone that should step up, you know, next season and, and be a starter for them. Um, he – I think people had a lot of questions about him um, mm-hmm. before the Under Armour All-American game. And um, I watched that game um, – the act, actually, the reason why I watched that game was a guy we're going to talk about a little bit later. Um, but Keeley really impressed me in that game. Like, he was clearly the best defensive lineman there. Um, his, his combination of, of speed and power are, are, are pretty phenomenal. Um, Would you say I, he's pretty um, – like, could he play defensive tackle too? Could he, like, just move no, on? No, I mean, he'd, have to, he'd have to add a lot of weight. Okay, so he's specifically um, on the edge. Yeah, there. he's he's six six, two forty two, which okay. is you know he Pretty you know he could probably yeah. add another you know twenty pounds and still play on yeah. the edge. Um, but yeah, I, I don't see him as a defensive tackle at all. He's he's definitely a, a defensive end or edge player. Um, I guess and he's got long arms. That's the other thing I noticed. Like, you know, he was able to disrupt you know passing late or passing windows with those long arms, get him up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in those lanes. Um, so that, that was fairly impressive as well. I would say that if there's like a weakness to his game, I think he was, you know, from a power and size and speed combination, he was so much, so much more advanced compared to his peers, right. That he just kind of relied on those things and didn't necessarily develop other aspects that he'll need to develop um, in college. And then obviously in the NFL, you know, different kind of pass moves. He has a pretty good spin move, um, but, you know, his his moves, other than relying on speed and power, are fairly limited, I think. And, you know, but obviously going to Alabama, they'll, they'll, they'll get him right. Um, and yeah, he's someone I really like for the future, not necessarily as a freshman producer, but, you know, in years to come. So he would be more like the uh, the offense. Uh, he'd be like a Malachi Nelson, where you grab him, you wait the year, and yeah. then he's good to go, right? Like he's yep. a starting guy on your roster. That's pretty cool. Um, we didn't get to talk about Peters. Where was Peters going as far as draft, and where is Keeley usually going? Well, so draft? Peter Woods. It really depends on the league. If it's a defensive tackle required league, he's probably going right around those guys. Okay. If it's not a defensive tackle required league, I'd say he's going like more like around five ish six. Okay. Um, Keeley. Keeley is usually in round three, too. Sometimes he's the one with the first IDP off the board. Okay. Pe- pe- people love those edges. Um, Sounds like they, well, like I said, you, they get to the quarterback, they, they probably yep. produce the most points, right? Yep. First of the quarterback. So he, he's usually going in third round, too. Okay. So, man, a bunch of Alabama to the front of the line. And then yeah. sounds like Clemson's getting there depending on the specific league as well. Let's talk about our next guy here, Mr. Peyton Bowen. This will make our friend good old Nate Marquise happy, another Oklahoma Sooner on the show. Uh, on three consensus, 98.04, five-star there. Not quite a five-star plus, which means someone made him a four-star. We're not going to name any names. Uh, but uh, I don't visit their website very often, so there you go. Um, but he's committed to Oklahoma. Uh, what position is he playing? I believe it's what, is a linebacker? He's, he's a safety. He's going to play okay. safety for him. Okay. Um, he reminds me of Caleb Downs' light. <laughs> okay. Um, and it's not a knock on both, right? Yeah. Um, but he, 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 his place is very similar. I feel like he's a finesse guy. Um, right. I don't now, unlike Caleb, I don't think that he's just going to start. I think he might can be part of the rotation. Okay. Um, but I know Oklahoma is certainly excited about him. 
He's mm. he also played both ways um, in in high school. Um, but again, he's he's like like Caleb. He's electric with the ball in his hands. I, it wouldn't shock me like to get him on the field early that they they put him back there at punt returner or kickoff returner um, for Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, so. I'd be remiss to say that uh, last year I do recall, you know, Oklahoma kind of struggling just like my Tar Heels as far as on the defensive side, a lot of shootouts and things like that. Do you think Bowen was brought in, you know, to pretty much solidify that? Or do you think that you – know, I, mean, I haven't really looked at Oklahoma's defense. Well, I think – I mean, offense, with, with Venables there, right, the defense right. has to get better. Yeah, um, I'm hoping so, right? That's what he was brought in to do. That's kind of what he was brought right. in to do, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and that's what he's known for. So, um, you know – Bowen is certainly someone that's going to help help bolster that um, bolster that defense again. Like Caleb, I kind of see him more as a free safety than a strong safety. Okay. Um, but like you know, he 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 is he's probably going getting drafted. I would say rounds five ish, six ish. He's okay. usually probably the second defensive back after uh, after Downs. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think he can definitely help Oklahoma this year, um, even if it's only in the return game. So this is a good question to ask because I. So between the conferences, does conferences? I'm assuming because of the strength of the defenses versus other conferences, does that help Bowen as far as in drafts, or does that deflate him because he's on a weaker defense? Like, how does that work usually in IDP between conferences? So that, that, that's a great point. Now, I, I was going to bring it up again at some point. Um, just talking in general, right? Like. I would really kind of equate it more to the strength of the team. Okay. So a lot of times some of the best IDP producers on the college level are on the worst teams. Okay. Well, and the reason that is is because the offenses are so inept mm. that the defense is on the field a lot and they get a lot of opportunities. They have to win the game, yeah. And so like um, some players like Anthony Orgy at, at Vanderbilt, linebacker, okay. he was an IDP stud. But, you know, Vanderbilt's offense isn't that great, right? So he's getting a lot right. of opportunity. Another is Jackson Mitchell, a linebacker at Connecticut. Same mm. thing. Um, offense isn't that great. Defense is on the field a lot. A lot of opportunity. Um, mm. Even Old Dominion, right? Old Dominion's defense or offense last year was pretty putrid. And and that led to Jason Henderson leading the nation in tackles at linebacker last year. That's so um, crazy. Wow. And, you know, he got, he was all American, third team, all American, like little, little old dominion. But again, it, it's all about opportunity, right? Right. Uh, you know, he had lots of opportunities because the offense wasn't that good. And so that doesn't always play out. Um, mm-hmm. But, but that, that's another area to look at as uh, look at, look at, see who the bad offenses are. And, you know, if they have, you know, the defense is on the field, a lot of opportunity, there could be some potential there. So but, that brings that brings up another question for me. And sorry, I, I'm just going to hit you with the questions as we go through the episode. But so um, that makes sense. But like, is that for more CFF? Like, is that for yeah, dicey yeah, perspective? Yeah, yeah. Versus yeah that's CFF more for college production. That's more right. for college production okay. than it is for say um, a C to C league, right? Right, right. Um, like I love Jason Henderson from Old Dominion. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's he's a stud, but from you a side from a side. I mean, it wouldn't shock me if he got drafted, but I just feel like, you know, he's not someone that you, you, you're you going to necessarily, like, count on at the next level, just gotcha. from a size perspective. Like, he's not um, starting. He's just on your bench type situation. Right. Then. Like, I can see I can see him. I mean, could he be the next Zach Thomas, right? 
Absolutely. Like, yeah. He could be the next Zach Thomas. But the odds of him being the next Zach Thomas aren't great, right? Right. Um, you know, you, you know, I'd, I'd say if you had to bet, you know, he's probably, you know, a backup special teamer kind of guy. And there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. Um, but I wouldn't I wouldn't be betting on him being the next Zach Thomas. It, it's, it's def, I would say it's definitely within his realm of possibility or possible outcomes, right? Mm-hmm. But but the percentages aren't that high. I got gotcha. you. So with Bowen being in the Big 12, you said he went round, what, five or six, you said? So he's yeah, kind of right up there. Second, second okay. um, freshman anyway, defensive back okay. after – obviously he's after Hunter and Downs. Right. Um, now, the, the thing I think that helps someone like, like Bowen, right, um, and like is – the talent around him isn't as great as he is. So Whereas, you know, like, thing, you, right? you know, these guys going to Georgia, for instance, right? right. Everyone's, everyone's a five-star. Right. And so, the, you know, the, the, the college production opportunity is not that great because they rotate guys a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, in Oklahoma, I don't think you'd have to ever have to worry about that with Bowen. Yeah. You know, rotating. I think he, he's going to be, he's going to be able to give you production being at Oklahoma. So you're saying he rotates this year, but he's pretty much like a definitive starter in 2024. I think think after this year. Yeah. Okay. So definitely go check out Peyton Bowen. Look at his tape. If you're in IDP, like I said, you might be getting him at the third option. If Hunter and downs are, are now gone, you can pick up Bowen. And like I said, being in the big 12, I think that plays a factor. And just like justice said, um, maybe opportunity to where like, he just, he's the, the bigger fish in, in that, in that smaller pond there, their defense that they have currently as they build their defense back up Venables. All right. So let's talk about someone from Ole Miss. If we're going back to the sec, um, so this is Hunterine Perkins. He's on three consensus, 98.14. He's a five-star plus, which means all of them said that he was a five-star. Committed to Ole Miss. I believe he was – was a D-tackle or was a defensive He's a linebacker. Line? So he's a linebacker. Okay. Yeah. Um, so tell me about linebackers in, in IDP and why they're specific and why you, you like them in particular. Linebackers are the best to own because they, they get the most stats. Right? They, they, get, they, get, they get the most uh, tackles, most tackle opportunities. So – Generally speaking, um, in, in most leagues, linebackers are your highest scoring IDP players. Um, now you can you can get in position specific scoring leagues where they're not, but you know most leagues, most most IDP leagues, linebackers are kind of like you know they're they're your quarterbacks. Um, they're the guys scoring the most points. Uh, Perkins, um, like Downs, was a two way player. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played running back and linebacker, um, and. Uh, the game I watched of him was their state championship game, and he played for Raleigh High School, not not Raleigh, North Carolina, no, but, but it was Raleigh. Raleigh. <laughs> it was Raleigh. Yeah. You know, when I first it saw that, I'm like, I was like, uh, was he in Raleigh? Yeah. I like, when no I way. first saw that, I was like, huh, I did a double take. But yeah, um, he, this is his stat line for um, that that state championship game. He had 32 carries for 334 yards, four touchdowns. Six tackles and an interception. That's a lot of points. Yeah. So I mean, fantasy. a lot of points. He's not going to play running back at Ole Miss. He, he's a no. linebacker. But the the point being is the, the 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 dude's a football player. That's the thing like that impressed me the most about him. Like, did he not even tire out? It sounds like he was just right. There the like, whole time, right? He, he, he he's got he's got an, an incredible motor, um, energy for days. Like, man, like I didn't I didn't really see him taking plays off. Um, he's very physical. Um, I was just, I was super impressed with him, and I'm I'm very excited to see what he can do for Ole Miss because 
you know, Ole Miss is not exactly a defensive factory. Um, he's probably the most talented linebacker they have on the roster. He's starting day one, right? And he's going to play. I don't know if he's going to start day one. Wow, right? really? I think, well, from a pure talent standpoint, he's the best, right? right. But he's he's got he's got he's got some learning to do. He he needs to gain a little bit of weight. Um, he's only like 205 pounds, so you'd like to see him closer to like, you know, 220, 230 range at least. Um, but he might. He, I think he's going to be hard for them to keep off the field, um, just because the, the the dude's a football player, um, and it, you know he's physical. He has speed. Um, like I said, other than adding needing to add weight, um, that's really the only thing I, that I see of him. Um, he's tenacious. Like hmm. just I don't like. Sometimes you just watch guys and you're like, that dude's a football player. Yeah. When I, that's like, that's how I felt about him. Like, he just, I don't know, like, not to use a cliche, but like, he's like, he's got the eye of the tiger, I guess. I don't know yeah, what man. else to say. Like, he's like, he's got that dog in him. I mean, that's yeah, just. Man. <laughs> if, he, if you're putting up that stats, you're merely got my respect. That's a, that's hats off to this guy. I think he was the on three, like he was the top dog in the defensive side of things when I was looking, if I'm not mistaken. Or at least he was the top I, linebacker, I want to say, in the class. I want to say it's between him and another guy we're talking about. Um, mm-hmm. I want to say 24-7 has him number two, and this other guy we're going to talk about number one. I'm okay. not sure about the other um, services, but like they're right mm-hmm. there. Um, and, and, we'll, and we'll talk about the differences between the two of them when we get there. <laughs> yeah. So tell me about Perkins as far as in uh, CFF IDP Dynasty. He's, like, he's, um, he's usually going in the third round. He's either the number one or number two linebacker taken. Um, okay. But the other guy we're going to talk about in a little bit, usually them two are kind of the, the, the top two dogs there at linebacker. I'm, I'm interested to hear why not the next one in this one. We'll, we'll, we'll keep them waiting anymore. We'll, we'll discuss maybe the differences. So the next one is Mr. Anthony Hill Jr. on three consensus, 97.87. He is a five-star. He did commit to Texas as well. So currently Big 12, next year SEC. So he'll be in the same conference as uh, Perkins there. So tell me about Anthony Hill Jr. This is the guy that you told me, hey, I want a guy I don't. I want to discuss that I don't really necessarily like. What is it about Hill versus Perkins in the same position that uh, that that bothers you a little bit that you're not not, not too sure about? So Anthony Hill – um, in this freshman class is probably the guy I, I ended up watching the most. Um, like I said, I think for 24 seven, he was ranked number one linebacker. Right. And so mm-hmm. I wanted to like him. And so I watched, I want to say like five full games of, of him and um, including the Texas spring game. The positive thing is he looked the best in the Texas spring game. Um, in the, in the high school games, man, I just, I was not impressed at all. Um, what, he, what was going on with him? He just like did he take plays off? Was he uh, <laughs> likes the days cold? Not the dog in him anymore? All the above? <laughs> okay, okay. I was I was just throwing stuff out there. Okay, um, tell me more. Like you know, I, I wrote I wrote I wrote a um, a player profile for him um, on C to C, and like and like my impression of him was I, I and what I thought was his, like a common. I wouldn't say his best move, obviously. But what he something I saw him do repeatedly, he 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 play would happen. He you know, whatever the play was, he shrug his shoulders and throw his hands up like this, like uh, all the time. That's how I felt when I watched him. Like he did not look like anything special to me. Mm. Um, you saw I saw a little bit more out of him at the Texas spring game. Um, 
I mean, offensive linemen kind of handled him with ease in high school. Um, like, you know, if they, if a lineman got to him, like they kind of took him out. Um, it, it, it never looked like to me, like he was constantly giving a full effort, right? Like he, maybe it's a mental thing, right? Where he's like, oh, you know, I'm not going to get there or, you know, whatever. Um, but, and, and he's only playing one way, right? And then I would like Perkins, we just saw, I just sat here and told you what Perkins did in that state championship game. And, you know, you think he'd be tired as crap, right? Running for 337 yards, but then you right. watched him on defense. He's still all over the field. I never, I never saw that from Anthony Hill, and he's not playing offense. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, wow. yeah, I mean, that's a big difference, especially at cost. Like mm-hmm. he's going like as the top linebacker, or maybe the second linebacker after Perkins. Like, yeah, I don't want nothing to do with that. So and, does and that's, and maybe, maybe he'll turn it around at Hill, and I'll be wrong. Possibly, um, yeah. But um, yeah. what do you feel about Texas's defense versus uh, Ole Miss? Like, does Texas usually have a? Um, like I said, I watched a lot of the offense, so I'm I'm more worried about what Quinn Years is trying to, uh, what he's up to. But like, you know, what what about Texas defense versus the SEC? Like, would that factor in maybe Hill remotely having a shot to be productive, or, or well, does he, he even start I mean, this year? He definitely, ha- he'll definitely have an opportunity. I mean, I definitely he he could be part of the rotation this year. I mean. They, so they lost DeMarvion Overshone, who got drafted by the Cowboys. But Jalen Ford's still there. Jalen Ford's their number one linebacker. He's an awesome you know, NFL prospect, I think, uh, one of the top ones. And um, so Hill could play alongside him. But obviously when Ford's gone next year, that opens up the door more so for Hill. Um, I'm just not sure. I'm also not sure that Hill is a starting middle linebacker. Maybe he's like outside linebacker or weak side or, or strong side linebacker, which also kind of would limit his um, opportunity. production opportunity, right? The, right. the, the middle, uh, you know, if you're playing a if you're playing a four three or a three four, I realize that those terms are kind of outdated nowadays. But basically, the guy in the middle, you know, mm-hmm. either the, sometimes it's two linebackers, sometimes it's just one linebacker. Those guys are are, are the guys you're kind of targeting because they have there's just more opportunity, right? Right, they're, the they're, they're, they're not they're not playing one side of the field, so to speak. Right, um, and so I, I I feel like Hill kind of projects as you know an outside linebacker. Not I'm not saying an edge. He's he's not big enough to be an edge, um, but more you know a weak side or strong side linebacker. Um, you know, and, and he does have some pass rush skills, right? Which you kind of mm-hmm. see more so from those outside backers than you do the middle linebacker. Um, yeah. So. That's kind of the role I see him filling. Um, my initial thoughts, like when I when I went when I sat down to watch him, I was thinking he was going to be like Harold Perkins Jr. Um, at LSU. And there are some aspects that I can I can see that if he lives up if if he will live up to his potential and give hundred percent effort. So I'm not saying there's no hope for the guy, right? But right. Um, so what did you see in the spring game that was different from his high school? Like, do you see like a more fight? Do you think Sark? Yeah, is I saw. I saw yeah, like, I saw. I saw a little more. A little more fight in him. A little more effort. Um, you know those those sort of things. You know, not not necessarily like giving up like what you'd see in, in what I saw in high school. So without you know we don't have like another list. We got a big fish small pond. We'll get to. But before all that, like. Instead of Hill, so it sounds like you're down on him. So, other than Perkins, who would you take above him? Is there any guys off the top of your head that you can list as a freshman that you would take or a supplemental guy that's coming on that you're like, man, 
or would you still take Hill, but you would hope that he drops maybe like a couple rounds and you just. I mean, I'm right. probably just avoiding Hill altogether. Okay, so it's um, complete pass. Got it. I mean, some guys that I've seen available in supplemental at linebacker who I would take above any freshman mm-hmm. um, is Abdul Carter at Penn State. That dude's a stud. Nice. <laughs> Point blank, he's a stud. Um, nice. and, and, he, and, and my concern when I saw, watched him in high school um, was him being, what's he going to play? Because. He really looked like more like an edge to me, but he did not have the weight to, to be an edge. He is now up to 250 at Penn State, and um, that dude's that, that dude's uh, he's he's going to be something. And Penn State in the Big Ten has a decent defense, man. They've always oh, been pretty I, sound, I, right? I, 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 you know, from a pure talent standpoint, Penn State's the best defense in the country this year. There you go. And everyone touts Drew Allar and that offense, right? Even though the wide receivers are still trying to figure out, but the running backs are studs, the quarterbacks are stud. A lot of people don't realize that the defense on the other side is just as beastly, you know, on that side yeah. as well. So they just got to figure out the passing game, and I think they'll be fine there. Um, so where is Anthony Hill going in, in draft? He's usually going like round threes. Like I said, generally, I'd say more often than not, he's the first linebacker taken. Um, but mm-hmm. it's right, him and Perkins are usually right there. So I'm assuming, like, just in general glance, that people look at the recruitment. They're, they're looking, look at, yeah, exactly. They're looking, they're looking at stars, right? He's yeah, the number yeah. one rated linebacker, number two rated linebacker. I um, can understand. I mean, a lot of people are down on, like, Burden, for example, Luther Burden, but I'm still big on Burden. I think he's, you know, Debo-esque. He, essentially, I'm not saying he's Debo. But, you know, like, a lot of people hate on me because, like, you're just hunting the five-star number one wide receiver. But I was like, it's, he's got opportunity this year. Like, he's – Well, you know, I think – and I think, you know? like, it's important to have perspective about where he's going in drafts, right? And I agree. Yeah. Where where Burden is going in drafts, it's definitely it's he's definitely not. worth the shot there. Right. He's not as high as, say, Hill would be as far as cost. Right. So, you know, that is a steep hill to climb. And honestly, if you can get Perkins and somehow trade up a couple spots, it sounds like it'd be worth the investment to, you know, lose maybe a couple of later rounds to get Perkins over Hill. So, I mean, I heard I was listening to, um, I think, Jared on the BTR podcast. And they were talking about Burden and yeah. they, were, they were talking about Luther Burden, Evan Stewart and Barry and Brown and kind right. of rank, ranking those three. And like to me, it's it's fairly easy as Luther Burden. Yeah. For, for you know fantasy perspective anyway yeah k's a known uh burden hater but it's okay we you know i i uh you know i'm not so big on mccarthy but i do believe that maybe mccarthy might pull something out of his out of his hat maybe this it's, it's right so it's, it's definitely uh, within the realm of possibility yeah and k's a known qb whisper i mean he said bo nicks to the you know to the nations and no one listened to him and he hit it so like i oh, can't hang on so All when right. he says like jj mccarthy's gonna do it i get it's biased because it's michigan and he likes michigan but i'm you know part of me is like i don't know man k hits on these qbs so um i don't think i don't know about his wide receiver taste you know shout out to Bruce mccoy um <laughs> i was gonna say the hardest thing for me to get home on mccarthy is that is is, is that you're relying on harbaugh i think he knows this but will he do it is they, they don't need him to do those things to win most games, right? But it'd be nice, right? <laughs> but they do need him to do that against the Georgias of the world, Alabamas, et cetera. Well, and so been. the question is, is is he going to let him do it when he doesn't need to do it to win? Right. Um, and because that's what he's going to need to do for him to produce that way. Right. Um, and so that that that, that kind of really, to me, kind of – what yeah harbaugh's got to be able to get there and have that change of heart to be to want to do that right 
Maybe, uh, you know, if he's trying to still somehow, I don't, I don't know why I would just stay at Michigan and take the money, but if somehow he's still trying to try out for the NFL, I would just let McCarthy run through and run free. Cause then they're like, Oh, this is the, the hardball that had, you know, Alex Smith and had, you know, Colin uh, Kaepernick and all those guys, you know, so maybe he'll uh, let them run free if he wants an NFL um, gig basically at the next level, but we'll see. But Hey, this would not be a future freshman podcast without a big fish, small pond and, you know, and, just as like, yo, can I give you a big fish small pond? I was like, well, absolutely, sir. I, I have to have one. And I was surprised with the answer because we've already had one ECU on the offensive side this year, one. But now we're going to talk about our defense. But he wasn't there literally until I think it was like a month or so ago. I read in June he had left his previous school. And that is Mr. Antoine Jackson on three consensus, 91.26, a four-star prospect. And he's committed to, yes, the ECU Pirates of East Carolina. Um Tell me about Antoine Jackson. What happened at Miami? He was originally there. I, I don't know. Pieces, I don't. But it know sounds like happened. something happened, and he was not feeling crystal ball or whatever was going on in the defense, and he decided to dip out. But ECU apparently was pretty big on his scale. Like there's what two hats on the recruitment table or whatever on his signing day. He chose Miami, so something happened. But what? 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 I don't. What is it I about? don't know. I don't know that I. I know nothing about why he did what he did okay. as far as that goes. I was going to ask you because um, I was trying to dig and I didn't find too much on that. Yeah, so. I, I didn't either. I mean, um, my, I just don't know. I mean, you know, he reclassified, right? He reclassified right. to 2023. Um, yeah, he's really he a 2024 like guy. Right. Um, he's like the Austin Mack of the defensive side, basically. So, you know, this would just be pure speculation on my part, but maybe right. he felt like there would be more opportunity for him mm-hmm. at East Carolina. And that's 100% true, right? True. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just being an hour away from Greenville, you hear about, you know, there's rare four stars that come to campus. So whether it's a transfer like um, Jackson that came from Georgia or, you know, Mason Garcia, who was pretty highly recruited and stuff like that. Antoine Jackson is like, oh my gosh, we got a four star on defense. We might actually have a chance in the AEC. So there's a lot of that buzz going on. So tell me about Jackson, what you liked about him, even before, you know, at the high school level, what did you like about him? So he's the highest rated recruit ever. To come to East Carolina, which is yeah, even pretty, over pretty yeah. impressive. Um, he played cornerback pretty much exclusively in high school, and he and he's a great cornerback. Um, he plays physical. Um, he's got long arms. He's six foot, uh, six foot one, one hundred seventy five pounds. He's smart. Um, he plays smart. Uh, he knows. He's got a nose for the ball. Um, got great ball skills when he gets the when he gets the ball in his hands. And there's plenty of opportunity for him in East Carolina. Um, what I've seen so far seems to think say he's going to play cornerback, um, which I think you know he, he's a great corner. Um, I'd love to see him play safety. I think he can play safety. Um, just, At this point, they're just going to put him where they need him the most. I'm assuming, right? I guess right. And I, well, and I think and I think I think and I think unfortunately for us, that's cornerback for ECU. Um, they they lost. They lost a lot of guys. I think I think they only had like two returning corners from last season. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, um, the depth chart's pretty low on the other end, just as much as they lost Ailers and a few others there as well in the offense. So yeah. He, he, he's a good football player. Um, you know, he ran track as well in high school. He's fast. Like I said, he's physical. He's smart. Um he has to me, he has everything you would want in like in a safety or, or a corner. Um, so mm. I feel like he'll be successful, um, you know, wherever they put him. Um, and, you know, he like like we said, it, it seems like they're going to put him at corner and he very well, you know, by the end of the year could be starting for him. Yeah. So 
I have to ask the question. So in NFL and in sometimes in CFF, the wide receivers are the divas of the position. Do you find that the corners are also the divas of the defensive side? It seems like they're a little bit more flashy, a little bit more uh, got more personality. I mean, there's the occasional. Yeah. Linebacker. Oh, clear. yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Right. You know? I mean, I, yes. hundred percent. Okay. I had 100%. to know because I feel like they have to have that that kind of like dog mentality, or at least the majority do, like a Richard Sherman, you know, those guys that right. are right, or, or Darrell Revis or Deion Correct. Sanders, or, yeah, Deion Deion, all those guys, like you know, just back to back, all those corners, and then most of them are so talented they could probably play on the other side if they wanted to as well. But um, so it's, I'm assuming it's pedigree, it's also opportunity, it's the AAC. We're talking G5, right? So yeah. definitely a big fish, small pond. Then he would almost be considered like the uh, Damian Henderson, who was the highest version of like recruitment for G5 level on offensive side. It seems like Antoine Jackson is now the highest rated on the G5 side as well. Correct. Yep. 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 Interesting. So are you, are you taking him in drafts? Are you trying to hope that he's not, he's not gotten drafted in any drafts I'm in. So he's undrafted then. Yep. Wow. Yep. Now, Probably after this podcast, that's probably not going to be the case anymore. Yeah, but same thing um, about uh, Johnson, the tight end at Louisville in the last episode, and now he's starting to get picked up. So now I'm like, now Antoine Jackson will be picked up everywhere. So yeah, <laughs> yeah probably. I mean, if, if not, it's because he's a corner, right? And so a lot of people right. like. Again, if you're in a generic defensive back league, you're you're generally gravitating towards safeties. Now, do you um? This kind of brings up another question. Do you do like a whole flex one where you can put any defensive one and it ranks the same, or is it like because of their position, they still get? Um, yeah, I mean, of- yeah, we like I, like my my leagues have flex positions, but you're almost always starting a linebacker at your flex. I was gonna say it's got to be a linebacker. It's almost or always DN, a linebacker, right? yeah. Okay, so yeah. now I'm starting to put it in my mind as far as like the because linebackers just linebackers, you know, generally are you know the ones with the most tackles. That means the most points. And, and and tackles tackles are the most consistent statistic for defense, right? Right. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, linebackers are you know they're they're your most consistent players. But for Antoine Jackson, corner, four star at ECU guys. So go pick him up if you're uh, in your IDP leagues. Run run to the waivers as soon as you hear this. <laughs> um, when you hear this, it will be Friday morning. So as soon as you hear this, if you've none of your uh, league mates are up before you, go grab them as soon as possible. But that also brings me like, so is there scarcity at positions? That's what I want to ask because, you know, you have like your rankings and a lot of, you know, tight ends. Like we don't want to rank to 100 tight ends. Like that's ridiculous in CFF. Is there a position that you don't rank very high or do you have them pretty equally out? Or because of, you know, the point system, like is linebackers more, you know, deep because they're going to score more than, say, your corners basically? Like how does that go in IDP as far as like how I mean, you I- rank or tier them and stuff like that? I would say like linebackers are definitely the deepest. Um, I would say either def- defensive tackles, like if you're, if you're in a defensive tackle league, and you, those those are probably like ones that get you good production are probably that's probably the most shallow. Um, you know, and surprisingly, like high scoring safeties, like um, you know in the box type safeties are, are, and then obviously you know cornerbacks too. Um, high scoring cornerbacks are kind of kind of scarce i got you well i want to give you the time in to talk about the podcast that you have i know the future freshman podcast is a subscriber of the debbie idp grind but tell listeners like what you guys do i've seen a few uh interviews there which i thought was really cool man like uh i know you kind of focus mainly on debbie aspect like nfl but i'm, I'm assuming you still do the cff part this oh yeah, yeah yeah i mean we we um we talk about c to c leagues and um 
college fan. We know when we talk about players, we kind of we try to give a feel. Are they as a college production only? Do they have NFL potential? You know, those sort of things to kind of give the audience a, a feel for what we see their future is. Um, right now, we're in the middle of our conference preview series. Um, so uh, we're actually going to be recording later today. We're doing the uh, the Big 12. Nice. Um, and, and that's probably one of our more popular series. Um, if you if, if folks listened last year, they would have learned who Jason Henderson was before the rest of the world learned who Jason Henderson was. Yeah. Um, we talked about him in the, you know, we did, we did the, the preview of Sunbelt. Um, we talked about like Danny Stutzman at Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about Abdul Carter at Penn State. Um, so, it, you know, if you're in an IDP league, I would definitely encourage you to listen to those conference preview series. Um, we, we try to, you know, talk, you know, anywhere from two to eight players per team. Um, some teams it's hard to find a couple guys to talk about. Yeah. Um, I, I would say where I think the biggest difference this year um, compared to last year is there was a lot of turnover. And, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to find information um, for offensive depth chart, right? Like, like everyone's trying to figure out who the starting receivers are at at Hawaii, for instance. Well, yeah. that same thing goes right. EP, it's even harder. Yeah, um, especially the, defense. There's so much. There's been so much turnover, like where studs have have graduated, you know, moved on to the NFL or or whatnot. And so, you know, trying to find those next guys up is not so easy. And so, I, I feel like I've said it a ton during our conference preview series: is hey, you need to kind of pay attention to this team the first couple of weeks kind of see who shakes out at linebacker or, you know, pay attention to camp news, those sort of things. But it definitely feels like this year there's a lot more of that than there was last year. A lot, You know, last year's a lot more known commodities. So it sounds like a lot of shuffling and trying to figure out the next group of guys, basically, which yep. sounds perfect for this type of podcast when you're trying to find the next men up, basically kind of do that as well. Um, I'd be remiss to ask about, you know, North Carolina, how is Power Eccles when it comes to IDP? I know, like, oh, he's because he he's, oh. he's like the only decent one we have on our squad. Oh, Cedric like, Gray. Cedric Gray's yeah, hired. Gray. Him. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah Gray was in the uh, ACC media day. So he got, yeah. he got the Cedric Gray is kind of the preferred option of those two, but they're both, they're both top 10 linebackers from a college production standpoint. Is because Carolina, the rest of it is so atrocious, basically. <laughs> I guess you can tell me yes, because it's bad. The, it's, I guess the defensive line's so bad, like those guys yeah. get a lot of opportunities. Um, yeah. I am excited. They, they got a, a transfer from Georgia State, uh, safety and Tavius Lane. I did, so yeah. I, I'm, Lane. I'm kind of excited to see what he's going to do at Carolina. He's a kind of an undersized guy, but he was very, uh, he was very productive at Georgia State. Um, and he transferred somewhere from somewhere lower up to Georgia state. And I forget where that was off the top of my head. Was it but, a Juco you know, or FCS? I feel like it was an FCS, but okay. um, you know, I feel like he's had, he's had like 80 plus tackles the last two years. And so I'm interested to see if that's going to also translate to um, Carolina with Eccles and Cedric Gray in front of them. Yeah. I mean, I'm always for, I like Georgia state guys. Their players are always really pretty solid for the most part, whether it's Granger thrash, you know, whoever that you got, basically um, they got a lot of fight in them, just especially in the conference that they have to compete in as well. So who knows, he might be the defensive version of Tez, you know, as far as being yeah. able to come move up from a G five to P five type situation, man. Um, so let people know where they can find you. I mean, you already said, you know, the, the Twitter or the X one, give it to them one more time. Tell them about the discord. Cause we do have a channel and that could be any membership, but tell them about the IDP channel as well. 
Yeah, so um, you can find me at justice underscore 2318. I, I uh, do IDP work over at Campus Canton. I do some CFF work, too. I wrote some of the team previews for the uh, CFF guide. Um, yeah, and the Discord, man. The Discord uh, you know, is an unbelievable resource for members of Campus Canton. If you are a member of Campus Canton have you, and you have not joined the Discord, um, you know, as, gr- as great – as great as all the tools and all the thing and articles that we have, like the discord is, you know, equally, if not, you know, the, the single most valuable thing there. Right. Because yeah. you're, you're getting information like that. Us, Yeah. Like, and we try to throw up as much as we possibly can. If it's possible. Um, for we sure. have an IDP channel. Um, you know, people ask questions, um, you know, feel free to DM me on the discord. If you have questions about IDP, um, you know, I, I'm always willing to try and help people out best I can. Um, you know, one question I often get asked, um, a lot is where are, where are the IDP rankings? Um, we don't have rankings. Where are those rankings, Justice? <laughs> um, and, and like, you know, my, there's two reasons why, why I don't produce rankings. Number one, like if I did produce rankings, you know, I don't know how many members we have at C2C, but there's a lot. Every single person would have those rankings. And they'd be so everyone would be using the same playbook, um, and yeah. and so then at that like to me I don't see the point in that, um, and so you know maybe as IDP grows and we get more people in the space and more thoughts you know maybe maybe we we can get there, um, but the other thing for me like I, my approach is like you know you can you can you can teach a man to fish you know he can feed himself forever or I can provide the fish but as soon as I'm gone he's going to die because he can't feed himself. I, I'd rather teach you to fish yeah. Um, um, so that you know how to do it. You understand the processes. You understand, um, you know, what, what you need to do to get to where you want to go. I, I realize that a lot of people don't have time for that. And I, I understand that. Um, but I just feel like, you know, justice isn't going to be around forever. And so, you know, <laughs> if I'm able to at least, impart some knowledge upon you rather than just like spoon feeding you per se um you're going to be able to take that with you forever and be successful at idp yeah maybe we can um maybe we can get austin them to get you like a quick series where you can do like videos where you sh- you know kind of like we talked about today or like what po- what position you need to look for what so maybe people can kind of concoct their own you know yeah like, and i like, did so i wrote um the fir- very first two articles i wrote at campus canton last year um early september kind of mm-hmm. kind of kind of go over those kind of things those kind of thought processes and strategies so yeah. you have to pin it as your top uh your tweet post whatever they're called nowadays i don't know x twitter black twitter whatever you want to call it yep but you should put on there but definitely go check out justice's um social because you'll find most of his where he'll kind of give you that one as well if not campus to canton you'll see it all in the feed as well so um but that does it for episode 29 justice thanks again for coming on and talking some freshman idp with me like i said i enjoy learning new things and you know i wanted to extend the olive branch because i feel like both sides of the ball needs to be represented at the freshman level because we're just trying to prop these guys up as the future of our college football so we definitely want to do that i got one more episode i guess left and then season two is done i'll be taking the hiatus and moving over to more dfs type stuff or you might see me on the nfl side of things you you'll have to wait and see uh, what i got in store basically for c2c and you'll see justice continuing doing his thing i know he in the background he's helping us with some dfs stuff yeah, too, I'm, say, yeah I'm, I'm putting so. together some defensive stuff for the for dfs yep. for, for the season to kind of help out too 
And just so people hear here now, so that we don't have to wonder, uh, the Bet on C2C podcast is not going to be so much a thing anymore. It's going to be more of the branding. So Bet on C2C will be on the YouTube pages or it's going to be on the actual um, feed like in a podcast, but it'll be under the Campus to Canton feed where we'll have different things, whether we talk about showdowns or we talk about, uh, you know, week zero, we talk about things like that. There'll still be little bits, but there'll be more pieces and more content to where it's a little bit more easily digestible. You don't have to sit around for an hour and stuff like that. So You'll be seeing bet on C2C. You'll see, still see me. You'll still see Kay and Ethan and stuff like that. But it's going to be more on a, uh, a consumable type situation. So be prepared for that as well. But you'll see us both in the season one way or the other, or you'll see us in your leagues because half of the time we're all in your leagues anyway. So, <laughs> But thank you guys for listening to this episode. We'll see you in the next one. Peace.